long have you been 17? A while. I know what you are. See it. Vampire. Welcome back to another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. As always, I'm your host, Maddie Limerick. And today, I've got one of my favorite people, uh, a comedian, an all-around wonderful person, an aspiring TikTok star. Everyone, I have Rachel Bodner with me. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matthew. Of course, honey. I... I hope everyone's cringing as much as they can because this is going to be fun. Uh, you know, I uh, we had talked some titles for you to come on and do for Dole Up and Dreams, and then I transitioned, and then you, like, jokingly threw out Twilight, and we've been friends for a decade, so, like, you had to know that I was going to take you up on this. So, like, why... Very true. <laughs> why, why'd you throw out Twilight, even as a joke? What, what, what... What is it that what was what did Twilight do for you uh, when it appeared 12 years ago in cinemas? Well, here in the world of the Internet nowadays, we are entering what we call a Twilight Renaissance. Yes. Where roasting the movie, making memes is all funny again. Mm -hmm. But also we're not afraid to take a more critical look at the source material as well as the film itself. True. And, and also, also, I was obsessed when I was in high school. As were a lot of people who even weren't in high school. But yeah, no, you're totally right. Because we've been able to come full circle now. And both the stars of this film have blossomed and are having incredible careers. And like, you know, Kristen Stewart, predominantly, it's like she was not having a good time of it. And it really showed in her work. And then she like came out and has been able to be happy and she's a phenomenal performer now and like robert pattinson was a great actor cedric degree he died so you couldn't really tell but like he's a good actor and so it's one of those things that like sometimes you do the thing that pays the bills and i think that's where a lot of fans are able to be back to but also like the books were already like monumental and even though this movie wasn't being given a huge budget to begin with the amount of books sold if it was anything to the amount of movie tickets that were going to be sold there was like uh, like duh this was you know you want to get on a franchise because this is like pre-marvel franchises but this is like post harry potter and lord of the rings and so well like harry potter was happening and so um oh the rivalry between those two good lord oh god well i mean and then you also like this movie was bumped up because <laughs> harry potter they bumped back order of the phoenix um or bumped it up something so they moved it around so that this wouldn't be released alongside of order of the or half-blood prince maybe i forget it's right here i think it's half -Blood it's prince. been a while <laughs> uh yeah i believe it was half-blood prince because the development of this movie uh was really an issue because the writers guild ha strike happened and so like no one who was a union writer could actually like make 
uh, um, write things. So they had someone who was relatively inexperienced write kind of the version of the film that we got. Um, that makes so much sense. Well, but like what's interesting is it is, is the company had no interest in Stephanie Myers writing it. They were adapting and doing and they were doing their own interpretation of the source material. Um, but like, I will say the writer ended up being female. The director is female. And I think some of those touches you can see, because I think if a like non-queer male made this film, especially in 2008, it would have turned out very differently and probably even oh, grosser yeah. than what we got. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, yeah. yes, it was Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, was there, so Twilight was originally supposed to be released in December of 2008, uh, but its release date was changed because of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So the movie was done. Everything was good to go, but they bumped Twilight <laughs> back till July of 2009, which ultimately I think is really, really smart of them. And they would have had to really fuck up in order for this franchise to not do well. Um, Absolutely. I mean, they almost immediately greenlit New Moon and Eclipse. And I think when you then compare New Moon and Eclipse to this, you could see a different budget. You could see they got people to come on board who knew, had a little bit better cinematography and just a little thing because they were very, you know, they had 37 million for this movie, which for any of us, it's, that's a shit ton of money. It's more than we'll probably yes, make in our is. lifetime. But for a movie Combined. standpoint, yeah. But for a movie standpoint, <laughs> it's probably not actually that much money to make a movie, like a supernatural, even like a little romance thing that this is. So um let's jump in. Um, based on the book by the same name by the Mormon Wonderkin, Stephanie Myers, uh, who the tale goes that because of her Mormon upbringing, she didn't know anything about vampires and werewolves, but wanted to write about them, which is why we have icy stone vampires uh, with golden red eyes. Honestly, not everything's like the worst. Cause like we've spent hundreds of years rewriting vampire lore and vampire canon. You know, it comes culturally from a lot of countries, comes from a ton of media. Um, and, you know, we had a huge vampire surge in the late 90s, early 2000s from the Kindred, the Embraced uh, series based on Vampire the Masquerade into uh, the Queen Slayer herself, Buffy, uh, you know, just as well as like vampires have been in everything including even like i am legend the like weird vampire vampiric things and so vampires were really having a boom and so it makes a ton of sense what appealed to young rachel about the twilight series maybe other than it was super popular with everybody what was super appealing to you and did you read the books as well as watch the movies i did read all the books i did watch all the movies what appealed to me was the fact that I was already one of those like super emo kids in high mm -hmm. school, but also my mom would never let me shop at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't have one in your town uh, anyway. So. Oh no. Yeah. Had to go to Syracuse. For uh, it. Oh yeah. And that's, that was a drive in the mm -hmm. snow. Mm -hmm. I hail both ways. <laughs> but though, if anybody's driven from Auburn to, to Syracuse in upstate New York, you know, it's fucking awful <laughs> three quarters of the year and nobody wants to yeah, go to the carousel mall. 
no one wants to actually yeah. go to the carousel center which is now destiny nope. usa it's better than it was then that's so true but i remember this one kid that i was really close friends with thought i had a crush on him of course he was gay as as a young lesbian does have crushes on all the boys that you know will never be interested so you're safe mm-hmm. but anyways he wanted me to start reading it so i immediately got hooked my mom read them it was kind of like our bonding post harry potter <laughs> so how is that to have like because harry Potter's one thing twilight's very different and i think the next step for a lot of mother daughters was like they then traversed 50 shades together which is just twilight fan fiction literally and we're not talking about that but what was it like to share something like this with your mom or like with a parent i think part of the reason why she wanted to read them along with me was to make sure that they weren't going to be like wildly inappropriate right because when I was in middle school, I was obsessed with the musical Wicked. Mm-hmm. And so she bought me the book, not realizing how very <gasps> different the book and the musical are. It's so different. Anthropomorphic tigers with barbed penises sex. It's awful. God, I hope no one's children are listening to those of them. I apologize. But like, if your kids are listening to this podcast at this point, that's on you as a parent. We've had enough episodes where you know, this is not child friendly. But I mean, that makes sense. That is also sweet because like, parents are, you know, teenage years are notoriously easy for parents and their kids to get separated. And you are like, I am where our parents are a little bit older than the rest of our peers parents. And so um you know anything to kind of connect with your parents uh i feel like if i'd been younger my mom probably would have read the series of me but i had a vehemently harry potter is of the devil kind of mother but then by the time my sister got there who's your age she was like fine i guess she can read it it's okay um now rachel before we get into the real the things i have to ask you the most important question the question that defined generations of fans Oh no. Team Edward or Team Jacob? So, I have a question. Have you ever wanted to get into comics but you just didn't know where to start? Well, welcome to Comics Quest. I'm JD Martin, and every week I sit down with a guest to talk a comic that I think anybody can pick up and start their comics reading journey. We take a look at psychedelic sci fi, fantastical action, heart wrenching love stories, and of course, superheroes. So check us out at certainpov.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. At the time, Team Jacob, Mm -hmm. because he had abs, I guess. And also, I just, I think wolves are cool. Mm -hmm. But now Team Alice. Yes, I was going to say Team Rosalie, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I... Rosalie is a queen. Rosalie is a queen and she does not get enough love. And I think Nikki, uh, Nikki Reed did a lot of really great work with her as the series went on. And it's one of those things. So I'm going to preface this with that. I've seen every movie except breaking Dawn part two. And I need to watch breaking Dawn part two because it's actually like the really good stuff out of the whole series. Um, but I was, I was kind of traumatized by breaking Dawn part one. And once the pictures of the (laughs) weird animatronic baby came out, I was like, nah, 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 I can't do this, bro. I can't do this. Um, 
yeah, suppress no, those memories. I, I, during that time, panned after boys that looked like Robert Pattinson and men, because that's what I was told as like a New Yorker. Uh, but like now I'm like, oh, give me those thick boys. Give me the Jacob Black boys. Give me, give me the werewolf boys. Um, yeah, it was weird. So you were the prime demographic. I was not, uh, though I always say that <laughs> gay men in their 20s are the exact same demographic as women in their, their teens. I say it's the same demographic. Um, yeah, I could see so that. I will say I was living in New York at this time and I had a little bit of a disposable income and a uh, about a 90 minute commute every day, each in each direction, I know. And Borders was still open. And so a lot of the people I worked at oh, Wicked with, Borders. this was this was when Wicked was, I was working at Wicked, the, the green girl. Um, <laughs> actually, when this movie came out, I would have been over at Rock of Ages at that point, but I was reading this when I was working at Wicked, when I was working at 13, the musical. Um, and a lot of us were like suggesting books to each other and it's always said now that it makes a ton of sense that to get yourself back into reading you should read think you're going to be most attracted to things that you were from the age group when you got out of reading and for a lot of people that's ya it is late teens and so this was when i started going and just buying books and so like i went and bought percy jackson i went and bought hunger games like all of these books were new and coming out so i was reading the series fable haven by brendan mull and so a bunch of the women that were um ushers at rock of ages loved this series and i'd been avoiding it and uh i'm calling out kimmy kimmy i'm calling you out girl she was like i'm gonna let you borrow my book i'm gonna let you borrow my book i'm gonna let you borrow it and i did and i loved every bit of the fucking garbage that was twilight like it's like it's honestly it's not a badly it's not a poorly written series you can tell it is written by someone who had not written before really um was kind of making it up as go but like who of us have not been bella at some point in our lives truly um so like oh yeah and so I'll say like, I devoured these books. They were, they were fun. Everybody was reading them on the subway, but what was funny, it had been long enough that people were like the, all the soft covers had come out. Like, I think I started reading these right after Breaking Dawn came out. And so I, think I, got a I was, I was able to like power through them. And so, but you could tell everybody that was reading them, especially like male identifying people, they would have the cover curled around the back. So you couldn't tell they were reading Twilight, but everybody knew from the color of the books. Um, yeah. and that, so the I'll say that, of the, book. the thickness of the books, which jumped <laughs> a lot, but I think we're at a point where we can recognize the cultural significance of twilight in books during this time so hunger games as well percy jackson maze runner divergent all of these books were coming out at the same time that they really fueled a love of YA fiction, maybe with people outside oh, yeah. of the YA genre. And it also was encouraging kids to read again. Like I know for years, kids were like not reading. It was the emergence of digital era. We weren't quite to like, you know, the first iPhones were out at this point. iPad was out. Um, but like, you know, it's, we're seeing people who are getting into reading again, adults who hadn't read in a long time were reading this. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can say about it, but like it got people back into reading and it kept a lot of people reading um, for good, which I think, you know, good or bad. Uh, uh, but it's a, a thing. What are what are some of your most iconic memories of seeing the movie for the first time or seeing the trailer, all the bubba, the lead up to 
the movie and maybe seeing the movie for the first time, what were some of your kind of most key memories of this time? I was really excited to watch the baseball scene. I think that was the thing for everybody. I think the baseball scene was, because it's the most interesting thing in the whole goddamn book oh, yeah. until the fight between James and Edward, really. Well, most most of the trailer is just Bella and Edward staring at each other. In really saturated light. Yeah, except for when it was like the blue film over everything, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. now I think that was a really cool choice. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy it. I missed it in the other films. Yeah. Because it was very defining. Yes. I think they were leaning into creating a world that was ours, but felt a little different. Kind of that idea that like Marvel takes place in our world, but DC takes place in a different version of our world. And so for me, Forks is like that other version of Seattle or that area (laughs) that like there is a blue haze. It's always rainy. So they were kind of, they were... They were also kind of creating this thing because like Pretty Little Liars hadn't come out yet. The Riverdales, the Sabrinas, like this, I'm going to say something polarizing, but we have Sabrina, we have Riverdale, we have kind of the grittier things now that are better. We had Pretty Little Liars because things like Twilight succeeded. Um, Like Pretty Little Liars, it existed as a book series, but like they almost immediately started developing twilight into a movie as soon as the book was being released and they didn't get the rights to the book for a long time because they thought they could kind of create something similar um and so it was one of those like a lot of those other series weren't developed alongside with the book kind of at the same time so watching it culturally so i think for me the biggest thing was the merchandising it was everywhere it was on shirts and pillows and earrings and water bottles and backpacks and book covers and like bookmarks like it was literally everywhere and i remember i will say a lot but like as a designer now i really appreciate what the designers did for the movie now while it does you can tell they put the costume designer on a fucking budget oh absolutely. and you can also tell that style in 2008 sucked because it sucked because it sucked <laughs> yeah. uh cut to every gay in in manhattan wearing a low v-neck from american apparel with a vest and cut off shorts um and so, but like a lot of that, you can see in the style of the Cullens specifically. Yeah. I do think they did a nice job of determining the world of the Cullens and making it separate from the world of everyone else. And then they made the vamp, the, the vampire trio look different than the world of the Cullens. Um, yeah. And so, but something I was impressed with, and they of course released them quickly, was how every Cullen had a different piece of jewelry with the Cullen crest on it, which I loved and I, I was obsessed. That. So like Edward had the leather bracelet. So everybody went to the leather bracelet and uh, Alice had the choker and Rosalie had the the long necklace and Carlisle had the, the cufflinks and those kinds of things. But yeah, it's, I think we can, I think everybody's waiting for this to be a cringy episode, but I think we can actually talk about this movie and the cringe that it is. Like, I'm not going to say it's not without oh, yeah. actually talking about that. This is culturally significant and it will always be culturally significant. Um, 
Uh, though at the end, we're going to talk about 14 actors who were almost in this movie series that would have made it a very different movie series, um, including one actor who plays Mike in this, but apparently he was up for like every male role in this movie. He was up oh, for Edward. God. He was up for Jasper. He was up for, well, every white male role, I should say, because uh, it does look like from the beginning, they were looking at either Latinx actors or native actors to play Jacob, which I do think is good. Um but yeah, so the the adoration of, and you know what? This is one that I still look back on it fondly and the movies get progressively better. Like I thought Eclipse was a great film. I thought New it's Moon. New Moon is actually pretty good because they started playing. I think the wolves, even by today's standards, look beautiful. Oh um, yeah. They okay. looked better than Lupin did in the third Harry Potter movie. I fucking agree. Now, everything else about the third Harry Potter movie to me visually is perfection, but that Lupin werewolf is fucking rough. I don't care for the hair. I don't care for Harry Potter werewolves very much, um, but I get that it was the, I get that there's a big difference between the European lore and then like what the um, Quidlet boys ended up actually being. Uh, Big puppies. Yeah, big fluffy puppies, but I do hate that they're shapeshifters and not actually werewolves and they just took the shape of the wolves, but like, it's fine. I like that they're giant. I like those kinds of things. So let's jump in. All right. So here we like to talk about things that we think are effective and ineffective, not just good or bad. And I think it's really important with this because there's a, there's some effective storytelling things, but there's some ineffective things. And I think I'm going to have to preface this whole conversation with I dislike from beginning of the series to the end of the series, Edward and Bella. I do not like them, but I have this issue. I don't like Percy Jackson as a character. I don't like Harry Potter as a character. Um, and so, but so for me, I come for the Cullens. I think the Cullens are fantastic. I think that's, I think their aspect of lore and the idea that like Carlisle has collected these vampires since the since the black plague literally literally i think it's really interesting i think as we learn about them in the books uh like rosalie's story is heartbreaking and understandably why she's just cold um and alice is delightful and jasper is Something. he's something and his lineage is the one that i go mm, it's questionable uh you know a white man going to fight in the mexican-american war uh but like oh he was in the civil war oh, the civil war yes 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 for the confederates he did well he is southern but yeah we can't that's a hard thing to we're not gonna solve institutional racism because there's a lot of, I mean, there's transphobia, homophobia. There is a lot of those things in these books. Stephanie Myers is problematic in many ways. There's a reason why her other series are terrible. Midnight Sun has come out. No, I will preface that I, I will to this day say that I do not think she wrote The Brief Second Life of Brie Tanner. I do not think she wrote that novella. It's so good. It reads so succinctly and beautifully. I think that book is, that novella is why the Eclipse movie is so good. Also, Bryce Dallas Howard as Victoria is chef's kiss. Love um, her. Such a great uh, actress. So wonderful. Jessica Chastain wishes. Um, so let's jump in. Um, what are some things that you think the Twilight movie does really effectively in how they tell their story, how they made their film? What are some things that you just think are really effective? I think the use of their soundtrack in the film pushed everything along exactly where it needed to be. Didn't feel out of place at all in mm-hmm. any of the moments it was used. 
as well as again the blue i really mm-hmm. liked that tint over the movie it made it otherworldly mm-hmm. the casting was great i couldn't think of anyone better to play charlie i oh my god so good and billy like and that actor has been yeah. he's literally played every native american man that there you've ever needed in a movie <laughs> or television You're he's played wrong. and he's phenomenal oh so okay <laughs> so i'm gonna start with that with you i agree i think the soundtrack was great it sold beautifully um and i'm gonna also say that like the score that was written for the movie along with the actual pop soundtrack really worked together there's a reason why bella's like song that edward writes her is being used on tiktok thousands of times a day like it is a massive trend um i mean also we have the guy with the long hair who's beautiful that about to say you all have to know he's the one that's like don't don't look at me don't ask and he does the big eyes and like the shifty like absolute genius and those kinds of things like that kind of satire (laughs) comes with such a love um but yeah i think the soundtrack is great um it's the first time i heard paramore um and i fell in love with them i think like a lot of people did um yeah i think the soundtrack is great all on I listen to it often still. I have like a burned copy of it and I'll throw it in in my car. Um, a lot of the music will pop up on YouTube for me. It's great. I highly recommend if anybody's not thought about it, go back to it. Um, and the blue, I think you really tapped into something that they were trying to build this version of the world because something Stephanie Myers does talk about in the books and it's why the Cullens live in Forks. They get like three sunny days a year. Oh yeah. And so. You, you know, your film, they filmed a lot of this in, in, um, in C, the Seattle area, I believe Portland area. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I'm just double checking that it's right here. They have a twilight convention every year in they do. Well, I mean, and it's probably a great thing for that town because it hasn't brought people like there like people haven't moved there because of it but um like people really do go visit and so like it's so interesting they do have the the thing oh yes they were filmed they filmed pro, pro mostly in portland oregon um because it is very rainy and things there but you still had to you have to color correct you have to um make sure that all of your scenes look like they're in the same way and it meant some of the night scenes seemed a little darker but like if we're watching a vampire werewolf movie i want a blue silver moon and this is a theater design thing too where where all lighting designers especially early on if you need moonlight it's blue but like it's rarely actually blue but it's a thing it's it is a it is a construct that we accept um and that was something that made Buffy very different was Buffy was very yellow and so very amber, which are the two, you know, cool, warm, uh, lighting, uh, colors, uh, for anyone out there that's had to take intro to theater, intro to light and sound. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think the blue was also their way of trying to create a cohesive world. Um, because you could tell there were times that like their foreheads are so shiny because nobody used powder to set their makeup that like you know you could tell that that was filmed in the sun and they washed it out but you know those are those things that like when you have a budget production and you've got let's be honest here 
mostly unknown actors like Peter Facinelli, who plays Carlisle, was a well-known 90s, like teen 20-something actor. A lot of this cast, they were, their careers were on the rise. Now, I will say that I think we have this movie to blame for Jackson Rathbone playing Soka in the uh, Avatar movie, but that's another piece of shit we're not going to talk about. Um, so then, that what is you're an saying actual is piece of shit. <laughs> because 9 11 caused MCR, caused Twilight, caused Jackson Rathbone, caused the live action Avatar? Yes. Yeah, we're going to go with that. I'll, I'll put my tin hat on and I will <laughs> I will say yes, that is exactly what happened. Um, and, you know, my my eternal, uh, the fanfic is somewhere in there. It, it is a, it's a spinoff of one of those, which just uh, for everyone, we're introducing something fun and new. Next week, we are releasing our first Reader's Theater episode where we will be reading some chunks of fan uh, fan fiction of Twilight that I absolutely love. Uh, and we will also be doing some dramatic readings of movie scenes from Twilight with some of your favorite hosts from certain POV and some of my actor friends. Uh, Rachel knows nothing about this to her face right now. Uh, I've, maybe Rachel will do a pop-up. Um, she'll do a little tip spot. Uh, so that'll be releasing <laughs> next Friday or Wednesday. I haven't discovered yet but you know it'll be out and it'll be something so tune in for that uh because i think you know what <laughs> this is when fanfic was really amping up again uh, uh anybody yeah, who's here out there can't tell me you have not read a shit ton of fanfic from this time because when you were in between books or you were in between movies everybody wanted their fanfic and sometimes you have fanfics that are way better than the actual properties like i will always attest the harry potter shoebox project where we it's the letters between uh Remus and Lupin, uh, Remus yeah. and Sirius, uh, which gay marauders hell, or bisexual marauders, hello, way better than the actual Harry Potter series. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So like you said, and I, I agree with you that I, the casting, a lot of them are relatively unknown. I know a lot of people that looking back, there's a lot of really colorism and borderline racism things that people were talking about. Cause like Nikki Reed, comes, Nikki Reed comes from a Latinx background. And so they were like, she doesn't look right for Rosalie because Rosalie is supposed to come from like that Connecticut waspy. But I was like, Nikki Reed looks gorgeous in the blonde hair. They went with the blonde that worked for her in the second film, the blonde in this first one. It's not so great because they had that poor girl die. They had her bleach her hair for this movie. They didn't use oh, wigs no. in this movie. I think Ashley Green got the wig. Um, but let me tell you the, uh, <laughs> for me, two of the standouts are Elizabeth Reeser and Peter Facinelli as Carlisle and Esme which oh, yeah. Esme does not get enough love. She is the best mom. She is. She really amazing. was. She's absolutely amazing. And especially in the third movie, in the third book, they really let Esme, Stephanie Myers. Now I'm hoping, you know, it's because she's a woman and feels underrepresented. She really let Esme rise to the, the occasion and they let her do some crazy fight stuff in the in eclipse and i thought that was great because i was like she's a mama bear defending her family like they didn't have oh, to yeah. accept bella in um and i love that online fans were like ashley green is too tall to play alice cullen and i was like but she looks just like alice cullen oh, yeah like in my mind ashley green looks just like i imagined and honestly 
Jackson Rathbone got that vaguely constipated, always uncomfortable look of Jasper so good. Oh, yeah. The thing is, I don't think they pushed ja- I don't think they pushed Jasper hard enough. I don't think they were interested in pushing his story very much because Stephanie hadn't pushed his story much at this point. But he smiles a lot and he's always supposed to look really uncomfortable. I think a lot of they combined a lot of Jasper into Edward for this um movie yeah, specifically. But um yeah, and I even think that like the the cast of James's trio was phenomenal. Um, though Rachel Lefebvre uh totally got boned, but we got Bryce Dallas Howard out of it as Victoria in Eclipse, which was much better. But like um True. the actor who played Laurent was phenomenal. He's so Oh, good. I thought he was great. So good. Um, and you got cute little lovable Taylor Lautner is Jacob and that hair um, in the first movie though. Oh, that wig, that wig was bad. But I think what's really funny is that like both, uh, uh, Christina Serratos and Anna Kendrick, who ended up going on to play Angela and Jessica, both were brought in to play Bella. I feel like they just auditioned everybody as Edward and Bella and then went, okay, (laughs) this is where you're going to go. Um, but I will say Anna Kendrick, who I had known from the movie Camp, which if y'all ain't yes. seen it, it is a 14-year-old oh. Anna Kendrick at musical theater camp with Robin DeJesus from In the Heights and La Caja Fall on Broadway. That movie. Uh, and then like she had a great year because uh, Scott Pilgrim and this came out in the same year. This was obviously filmed like a year and a half before Scott Pilgrim, but like... Oh man, my gosh, you're right. I... Anna Kendrick is so good as Jessica and it made me sad that they cut them out of so much of Eclipse and New Moon. They got cut out of all of it. So that by the time they're in the scene at the beginning of Breaking Dawn, I was like, oh yeah, they exist. I forgot. But Anna like Kendrick all... forgot she was in those movies. I know. That's what's so funny. Um, but like even Michael Welch, who plays Mike Newton, and um Gregory Boyce, who plays Tyler, and Justin Chone, who plays Eric, like the Woodley boys who are supposed to like be like the Bella's like human group. They're all so dorky and they were all of our friends. Like I, the thing about this movie is everybody committed, which is kind of yeah. what you have to do. Like you, you know, if the script is good or not, or you know what you're doing. Like Robert Pattinson is the biggest troll about twilight now but i think they all understood the magnitude of being something this was when everyone started wanting to be part of franchises because they knew it meant career longevity especially because like you had they were going to put out four films for this franchise yeah that's at least eight to nine years worth of work for you in steady paychecks and it makes you culturally relevant as pop culture goes and so like you've got so many people now like this this week it came out that like emily blunt was up for black widow and ended up not getting it because of her contract to gulliver's travels which i think is the biggest oh isn't that terrible um (laughs) but like scarlett johansson got it because emily blunt could not get out of her Gulliver's Travels contract. And I just go, man, how different would the MCU be if (laughs) Emily Blunt was Black Widow? I much prefer her as Black Widow, but I think most people know that my disdain for ScarJo, but 
what I will give. She's pretty, but then she opens her mouth. Oh God! And if anybody else watched her on Broadway along when I did, God, it was just a fucking travesty. And the fact that she won a Tony over Jessica Hecht, I just I'm mad. Yeah. I'm still mad about it. But like <laughs> this cast leans into what their job was and who these characters were, and like. Nobody out there can tell me that they didn't want to be part of the Cullens. I was like, yes, bite me, puppy, Emmett, 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 daddy, bite me, yes. <laughs> uh, the I amount of boys it. that would go around my high school and tell these girls, oh, I'm a vampire. To right? get them to date them. Right? You Listen, just because it's eternal winter in Auburn and you all have long, greasy bangs... <laughs> And pale skin doesn't make you a vampire. Just because you go hang out at Fort Hill. Uh, Fort Green, what is that cemetery? The most Fort haunted Hill cemetery. cemetery. Fort Hill. God, that shit is haunted. That's that's yeah, the is. subject for another podcast. We'll have to get Joe Wood on to talk about it. Oh, um, yeah. We'll have Nancy come along, too, because, like, you all got stories. <laughs> we actually need to do that sometime. I think it'd be really great. Um, so, yeah, I think they really leaned in. I liked the, that they all kind of committed and that they did the gold and the the gold and the black for the contacts. Like, they really, all the clothing looked off the rack, but, like, that's what's going to happen when you're vampires. Like, they have so much money in the world, they never have to wear the same thing twice. So, like, exactly. you know, it's, you know, they don't need to do laundry. They're cold. They don't sweat. <laughs> so, I think overall, oh, you're... Yeah. Your your standpoint, I think I think your positive things really did turn out well. And even like Gil Birmingham as Billy, like I think he was so good. And I agree with you with um Billy Burke as Charlie. Uh I love now that everybody's like, we're allowed to be like Charlie was hot, right? Like Charlie is hot. We're allowed to be like Charlie is hot. And I was like, Charlie has always been hot. We've always been having this conversation, but y'all were just too focused on Edward and Jacob to know that Charlie was the real babe. Um well, they were young <laughs> and thought of him as a dad. Right. Now they think of him as a daddy. As a daddy. <laughs> That's what's weird. Cause like the gays don't always been talking about the daddies, but like now seeing like straight women in their twenties on TikTok being like, but Charlie's a daddy though. Right. And I was like, I need, do we need to sit down and talk about some daddy issues? Do we need to unpack this for you, honey? Like, are you okay? Are you okay? Do we need to talk about this? Um, but I agree with you. I think. I think it's good. One thing for me, uh, so I agree with all those things for you. I, and I think as far as it goes that like, the movie's not that bad. Um, the pacing of the film, I think is one thing where I would be like, let's go back and do this. But like, oh yeah. For me, that baseball scene is what a lot of people were going to the movies for. I love their stupid matching uh t-shirts uh i will tell the story that i went and saw it uh at the midnight showing on 42nd street and so it was literally every broadway show the entire ensembles of those shows that were like under 30 were all seeing the show together so you either picked Aww. amc or regal they were right across and so like we were sitting like all of all the house staff from rock of ages were sitting right behind the um or no, was it Rock of Ages? Oh, no, no, no. We hadn't gotten Rock of Ages yet. Rock of Ages hadn't. Oh, no, it had. It had. But like the the ensemble from Greece was there and they were in matching t-shirts. Like 
you know, it's one of those things they all like hung out because we had so many of the large, like young ensembles on Broadway at the time, but it was, oh, yeah. that's what I remember. And like the audience was like all in their twenties, like late teens and twenties. And we're like cheering together. So for me, I actually have really fond memories of this movie. Um, and then like every time everybody's like, what if we got like wine drunk and watch Twilight? Like, oh, what if we, what if we, uh, looking at you fat Bob's apartment in, in New Paltz, but, um, I think they did, I think they did their level best with the material and what they could. Um, I agree. Now I'm gonna say the pacing for this movie was abhorrent for me. You could tell they were filming scenes, they were kind of move, they'd move stuff around, they weren't sure where things were gonna fall. They lived in some of these over dramatic moments, which are full chapters in the books, but like if you know the, the forest scene, the scene of Edward with the open fucking shirt in the flowers where he superimposed twinkles. I just I'm this is the skin of a monster. Sparkles say it say what i don't want to say it vampire oh oh so i think the worst moment in this movie for me is bella's google montage on her old ass computer in charlie's apartments i think that is the most over dramatic ripped right it from really buffy was. like it's one of the, it's those moments that we're all like <gasps> flash of light across our face tick 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 and it's 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 uh yeah those are those moments the memes though that's that's the thing is it's hard for me to even go back and be like it was terrible but but i go oh god but we've literally gotten this movie came out 13 years ago now for 12 years ago this july and like we have it's it has provided so much pop culture relevance like including a parody including a parody uh and including a musical that ended up being called forever deadward which was written by friend of the pod uh she was our guest last episode ashley griffin wrote forever dead i didn't know about uh, this that starred that starred at different points lauren lopez from from star kid who i, I love, love her. her she played rosalie and uh renez may uh, oh you mean she didn't play carlisle no uh no but she she played jessica as well like it's this really small cast that played several <laughs> roles it's so good it was it was wonderful i know for rights reasons it uh it has not gone on to do other things but god i enjoyed what i have seen of it um yeah and really when you inspire parody and you are acknowledged as a cultural phenomenon you made it like Stephanie Myers didn't hit puppies. She didn't kill, you know, gay teenagers, like those kinds of things. Like she didn't kill a woman, get away with it, and then run for uh, California Senate on an anti-trans bill being a trans person. But I don't know anything about that, Caitlyn Jenner. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, it's one of those things that like the book is kind of trash and the script is pretty not great this script it this is this is a, a curse a child example of the cast tries to make gold out of uh 
uh, nickel-plated shit, but and they do their level fucking best. I think the cinematographers work overtime to make this movie at least visually really interesting. Um, and I think they made was. them. I think you know what, like they worked with real choreographers, like those kinds of things. This cast did a lot of their own stunts on wires, which is like dangerous, but good for them. Like you know, at the end of the day, like we could talk so much shit about this. Um, but like, I don't know. I love the vampire venom that they're like venomous and Edward has to suck it out of her fucking wrist. I was like, turn the bitch now, save us five fucking books and awkward sex scenes of you on your, uh, you on your honeymoon in Hawaii. That's when, that's when this, that's, I almost put the book series down and separating. I was like, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, like Twilight was still fun at this point, like at this point in the series. Um, is there anything for you that just doesn't work that you find just really ineffective, like looking back that you just wish, and we can even talk book plot at this point too, like in the overall plot of things that happen, is there one point that you could pinpoint that like maybe Stephanie Myers had done something different or if maybe a editor stepped up and went, Hey girl, what if we didn't, um, that you think would have, changed for the better for me i'm glad they didn't do as much in the movie with them trying to escape from james and hide from him with the hotels and things just out of the pure fact that that is the most unrealistic thing yeah. ever you have to be at least 21 to book a hotel and 25 if you don't want to pay an exorbitant oh, fee to if you don't want to have a huge deposit on the room. I mean, Carlisle's 300 years old. So like, I'm sure oh, they yeah, all get enough old. fake IDs and things, but like, you know. That's true. But they look, they're supposed to look like high schoolers. You are correct. You are correct. So, you know, it's I one of those things. Know. Yeah. Who let Emmett walk into the school with a bag of eggs into the cafeteria? <sighs> There are a lot about the book characterizations of the, the Cullens where Stephanie went, let's, she went with like stereotype archetype characters and didn't Very give much. us. And like, I think this is a thing in the book too. I think she thought by giving us that background of Jasper that she somehow was going to make us like him more, have us understand him because he is the newest Colin, where he found yeah, the most recent. Um, Edward is the youngest, uh, but but he's the newest Cullen. Um, so he's the newest vegan, quote unquote, vegetarian vampire, I guess. And so he still <laughs> like fights that urge um, and those kinds of things. So I think she maybe as a woman was able to kind of connect with Alice and Rosalie more and figure out their story. Um, which she would give us more, but also the fact that like Rosalie, we can't appreciate her. She doesn't care about writing her as, as a character you can appreciate until she makes us experience a sexual assault trauma with her. And that yeah. for me now is something that I'm like, can't we appreciate this character for being a strong, badass woman from a time that didn't appreciate women, uh, in a way that doesn't include us living through her trauma. Um, that's just something now that like, I tried to reread the books a couple years ago and I had a really hard time. Um, 
Also, how dare she think we like the series enough that we want to give a shit what's going on in Edward's gross perverted brain? Because we know he's like, yeah. he's like eternally 17. So like, I don't care what's in your horny boy brain, vampire boy. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to read it though. I'm, I'm still <laughs> going to read Midnight Sun at some point. Um, you know, I read what was circulating a few years ago and it wasn't the worst thing. Again, it's not as bad as Curse yeah. of Child. So like, and it's not as bad as Fifty Shades. Um, <laughs> but I also think that when she didn't cut down the kind of otherworldly mutant aspects of the vampires, we get too wrapped up in like, Esme doesn't have a power. Carlisle doesn't have a power, but all the kids have powers kind of, I don't yeah. think Rose, I don't, I don't think Rosalie does in the long run. I don't think Rosalie has, um, yeah, no uh, power um but Pettiness. like you, you petty that bitch is petty shade. it's true she's the shade queen but like you know emmett's strong but he's like really strong you know so they're like trying to create this like x-men first class thing out of them and like i i do love that she set up early on that edward can't read bella and can't read her mind which you know giving a 17 year old boy mind reading powers is questionable morally uh it's my same reason i have with gene gray um especially after they used it to yeah. out Iceman in the ice x-men comics of the last few years you know it's the mind reading and making that someone's like personality trait ends up coming kind of coming back on you and alice's power is fucking useless exactly like that she can see the the future on the current trajectory until someone changes their mind it's like well, that's cool, but it's completely ineffective. And I love yeah. Alice. I think Alice is a really great character. I love that she runs away. I love that she leaves uh, in, I think it's in Breaking Dawn where she just up and yeah. Um, Wonderful. I love that she's the first Cullen that comes back in New Moon. Um, well, and I had her haircut when I was a senior in high school. A lot of girls did. Uh, what's really funny is that uh, knowing that Rachel Lee Cook, who is in uh, She's All That and like Josie and the Pussycats, was who Stephanie Myers envisioned when she wrote um, Alice. I was like, well, that's hilarious because I totally see it. It's the same. Yeah. It's, it's like the 2008 version of the choppy, asymmetric 2000 haircut. Like, I think that was, you know, I think that was a great idea. Um, again, it goes back with that. I really like their designs. Again, everything looks a little too clean, a little too put together, but like, I still really liked it. Um, so, you know, uh, it's those things where like, it's cool that they're also ice and stone, but then they're also like, you can, you can only kill them by beheading them. Like yeah, there were and certain then lighting things, them on fire. And then lighting them on fire. And like they have like a, a shark's teeth and those kinds of things. And it's like she focused on too many aspects, I think, creating this world and lore for herself that it really muddled down being able to accomplish a lot of things. And then making like the primal vampires so much more dangerous because it was almost like the civility of society ruined the vampire aspects of the Cullens. Um, I love a training montage. I love that we lean into a training montage. I love that. And it's in multiple of the movies. I kind yeah. of love that. You can also tell that this 
these books were heavily affected by the media that Stephanie Myers was allowed to watch. There's a lot of like Top Gun vibes in it. There's a lot of 80s John Hughes movies aspects of this that like, it is such a product of its time in the media that the the writer consumed while she was, you know, in her upbringing. So like there are those moments that for me, I think it's, it really ties to the fact that they ended up being a little, in my opinion, in some ways too tied to what Stephanie Myers had put on the page. I think if they had simplified the vampires a little, the fact that they... I do like the hunger thing. I do like the thing that it's, they don't have to feed often, but like they get paler, they get darker eyes, those kinds of things when they do need to feed. I do, I still wish that we could have seen the boys feeding because they go on camping trips together to feed. And I was like, what about the girls? I bet they're crazier. But I was, I I would have liked to seen those things. And that's a thing that we never see um i would have loved to seen that um i did and for me really the movie gets good when james is introduced and they're actually on the run from james so i'd say from the baseball scene forward it's like the last 40 minutes of the film the first 40 minutes i just go it picks up a lot cute yeah uh i think for me it's the pacing as well in the beginning of that film it's just oh we it's it rough yeah and I think it's because they put so much stuff of Bella with her human side and then Bella as she integrates with the Cullens. Um, I think they couldn't decide where they wanted to go. And a lot of the scenes, when you're going from everything in the book is Bella's perspective to everything in the book having to be from a third person perspective. Yeah. It it was going to slow down how they told the movie. Um, and I did appreciate them setting up the Quillette boys and the wolves and those kinds of things between um, Sam Uli and Embry uh, early on. Um, it's love push, baby. Yeah. I, ooh, I love those boys. And I love, I really love, maybe we'll have to talk to Maybe you and I will just have to do all five movies because I love sure. so much of New Moon, and I a lot of my memories of Twilight are actually New Moon and Eclipse, and so I I go, oh yeah, that was great in Twilight, and I go, no bitch, that was New Moon, or no bitch, that was Eclipse, because <laughs> um, even a lot of the times the battle between Victorious vampires and all the newborns and the Cullens and the Such Wolves. A- good so good but i i think that keeps in my brain as the fight between edward and james and the cullens and james and so you know it was really upon rewatch that i went "Ooh, i'm glad that this movie exists it's fun for us to poke fun of i'm you know it's not as bad as it really could have been but oh absolutely it could have also very quickly turned into like a made for tv movie and i'm glad it didn't go that way but it does dance that borderline a lot let's be thankful joss whedon didn't touch it yeah there's a lot of directors i mean and i know a lot of people were like this is legitimately terrible i want nothing to do with this franchise and so there are a lot of people who didn't want to write it didn't want to direct it and that was probably for the best because of this i mean divergent ended up being terrible the even the first hunger games movie is not that great a lot of times when in that era oh oh my god we don't even need to talk about percy jackson like it's one of those times it's like 
maybe sticking to your source material too tight is better than deviating it so much. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, and so I, you know, I think it's just one of those roles that, uh, yeah, it just, yeah, I think it's better in the long run. Um, you know, I, I thought we were going to have more shady things to say about this, but I, I just don't. <laughs> um, so I think let's talk some almost was. So apparently Kristen Stewart was tied to the movie earliest uh, for a lot of them. Um, and okay, something I will rip on them. The least effective thing was the fucking marketing for this movie. The posters were traumatizing. This like Edward looking out with his like porcelain skin and and both of them being edited with an inch of their life and Kristen looking <laughs> so delicate and shaded face. I was just like, this is fucking garbage. This is awful. And it wasn't until we got like yeah. the posters that I was like, oh, okay, this is better. This is a little bit better, but... You know, I think anything else I could say would just be shitty of me to say as a designer, like, oh, well, way to spend your money on makeup or you spend your money on clothing. But like you're a lot of times your design departments have no say in what their budget actually is um, for also considering it took six production companies to make four production companies to make this movie happen. Um, and, you know, there was one screenplay writer. It was produced by three people. And it was edited by one person. So like, as far as movies go, I feel like if they brought more people involved, it would have been much more muddled and it would have been a lot messier. So I- Yeah, that's valid. Okay, so there, thanks to hollywood.com, literally like two months, not even two weeks ago, published an article kind of looking back on the 2008 phenomena that was Twilight and how it established Team Jacob, Team Edward forever. Um, and the, okay, they said we fall in love with Robert Pattinson and Taylor Lautner. Uh, that's really pushing it. Um, I think it is a shame, I will say before we move on, that a lot of these actors didn't have a lot of a career after this. Like the fact that Ashley Green yeah. and and like, well, Cam Gigante who played uh it's funny that like he had a bigger career than some of the other people but like ashley green has been in almost nothing like you know it's one of those things would you yeah trade... i've not seen her like it's one of those things i think would i trade for leading roles in a franchise like this but not really work again or would i have wanted to you know, or what I've wanted, like a Catherine Hahn style. No, I will say Elizabeth Rieger, oh, who played um, Renes or who played Esme, she's had an awesome career. She had done a lot before this. She'd done a lot after. Oh, yeah. She's, she was she's, on Grace. Yep. She's a guest star, Wonderkin. Um, so, all right. So, thanks to Hollywood.com. They, uh, so a lot of times in movies, uh, a lot of actors will submit, they will audition and they won't get it. But a lot of times they will go in with an idea. You know, it's really funny. Originally, she wrote Edward with a younger Henry Cavill in mind. I know, but like he was obviously oh, too no. old. He was too old by the time that the movies came out. But I was like, that's well. very different than going through like a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go back to this wiki for a second because I'm going to. We're going to talk about That's some of the true. things that she, she, um, she was like, yeah, I had this person in mind. I had this person in mind. Um, bless her heart. Bless, as we say in the South, bless her sweet little heart. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, ooh, it's, it's something. 
Um, it's a choice. It's a choice, as Bob Frame would say. It's a choice. Um, you see it. Come on, come on, my computer. God, you update your Mac, and then she just wants to crawl. Great. Um, so, <laughs> you know, ah. Uh, there was a lot. So like Kristen Stewart was tied to the movie first. She was actually filming Adventureland. Um, I vaguely remember that movie. Yeah. Visit her for, I really like that movie. It's super creepy for Ryan Reynolds, but it's a really good movie. But yeah, Stephanie Meyer said she always envisioned like Henry Cavill, which I keep forgetting that he's been working for quite a long time. Cause he was in, no, this was back when he was like in the Tudors and before that, and he wasn't as beefy, but like, okay you know it's it's very uh you know um i'm picturing cgi mustache man Ah! but like peter facinelli was like third option fourth option for um you know uh, originally they were looking at emily browning um who was in Sucker Punch for everybody. She was Baby Doll in Sucker Punch. And then Henry Cavill to lead Twilight. But they were just, I think Henry Cavill looked a little too old and Emily Browning still looks a little young. And so it would have been a lot. Um, it but, would have been something. Yeah, I, I know. Huh. Like Nikki Reed had worked with the director so much that it was like in that she was going to play Rosalie and she wasn't really being considered. Um and a lot of the other girls were all reading. They were still having them read for Bella, but like they weren't actually looking for a Bella. And so that's where a lot of these things went. Um, and it's just, it's kind of strange. Um, so, but it says the final four up for um, Edward, it came down to Shiloh Fernandez, who I don't really know a lot of his work. He's from the United States of Terra and Dead Girl. Uh, and he was in the 2013 Evil Dead. Jackson Rathbone, which is why his Jasper is a lot like I think Edward is. Um, ben Barnes, who played our not-so-great Prince Caspian in uh, the Narnia franchise. And then Robert Pattinson okay. um, were what came down to the final four. And they... They had Robert Pattinson fly to Hollywood on his own dime to read opposite Kristen Stewart. So I was like, <laughs> that's so shitty. And I, if there are any young actors out there, don't do that now. Make them pay for it. They no. have more than enough money. They've got more than enough money to deal with that. So Absolutely. Um, so now, Rachel, these are going to be roles from all four Twilight books, all five films. Um, most concentrate between about five different roles and you tell me who they were being considered to play the first is channing tatum and it's probably not the role you're thinking of because hmm. when i think I channing tatum Jasper. i thought emmett well and i thought emmett because he's big and oh, yeah, dumb and muscly that, of course but apparently he was in consideration for Eclipse to play Riley opposite Dakota Fanning as Jane. Okay. But that ended up going to Xavier Samuel. Um, yeah. That one is wild to me. Now this one I think is weird. A, now this one I think is a little obvious, but actually 
I see her fitting in almost every role except Alice as a female character is um, Jennifer Lawrence. What role do you think she was up for? Hey, Rosalie. She was up for Bella, actually, originally. Uh, a younger J-Lo. J- I think she's a really great actress. She um, is, absolutely. I think she says some stupid things. I think she has a bad taste in friends, uh, <laughs> Lena Dunham, yes. Taylor Swift. But I yes. also think <laughs> that she was better suited as Katniss, even though the studio had no business casting her as Katniss. Um, I agree I think with that. Bella does make sense, but I think she could play any of the women in the franchise. Well, at that age, she couldn't have played Esme just because I think she needed to be, look a little older. But I think she could yeah. have played anybody but Alice. I, I pretty much just because she is taller, I don't think of her as uh, tiny uh, little pixie anymore. girl. Yeah. Now, this next one would have been interesting because we don't have now it is because potter was finishing um so we don't have a ton of potter twilight uh pass you know crossover especially in the main cast between the two but what do you think about tom felton hmm he would have been interesting in the movies but i'm not honestly sure who they would have put him as if it yeah. would have been maybe jasper uh so he's another riley so they were looking at him okay. to play jane's twin and so that's really interesting that i think cool. yeah i would have interested to see who the because they are twins if channing tatum and this is even in 2009 this is just before magic mike so like he's yeah, a dancer who who up. who would his al who would what who would have his jane has been because dakota fanning could not have been his twin but i could see oh, her no. and tom felton being effective twins um yeah but again they were supposed to look like preteens which neither channing tatum or tom felton at that point because this would have technically been eclipse came out i believe just after the first of the seventh potter movies so like it would have been and he you know they were in their 20s and they've been drinking and so you know tom also has aged in an interesting way not bad he's still super cute and handsome um but yeah i just i don't I don't see I could have I could have seen him also being the younger Valtori or any of the Valtari in the the final film. I do see yeah. him having that vibe. Okay, so now the next one is Dave Franco, handsome, less douchey brother of James Franco. Oh. Who do we who do we think Dave Franco was being looked at for? Hmm. That's a hard one. <laughs> I'm going to go with one of the people in Breaking Dawn. No, so we're going back to the original movie with this one. He was in consideration okay. for Edward for a long time. Oh, of course. Um, He's pretty. I, I could he see is that pretty, working. and it is pre-social network, so before his career really boomed. Yeah, Dave Franco is actually really pretty. Uh, he's kind of dumb, so it would have been fine and interesting. <laughs> okay, this next one, Vanessa Hudgens. Bella, this, yeah, right? Yep, 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 yep. Um, I think she would have been great 
is as oh no 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 i'm i'm lying to you not bella think of hollywood Alice. being shitty no broader larger uh think second movie think oh second. no leah leah they were looking at her for leah um dear god um everybody says they were like we're shocked that she didn't audition for bella but that was also like just after high school musical and so like i'm not sure they were probably even considering her she was i think touring with high school musical at this time so um but i do think leah is an interesting choice though i don't think vanessa is native american in any way um so i don't know okay now here's an easy one michelle trachtenberg from gossip girl and buffy oh gee i wonder who she could have been <laughs> Bella. <laughs> of um, course. Uh, fun story. I worked on a show that she worked on. I was a, a mere extra. I did have lines and I got really cool effects makeup, but she had one of our people fired because they were smoking together and she uh, asked for a picture. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg is truly a monster. If anyone's worked with her, you can cooperate. Uh, and she's very much like her role on Gossip Girl. Uh, and I'm glad we didn't get the Buffy re revival with her as Cordelia. I'm really happy that didn't happen. Uh, but now cutting to somebody who also is from a culturally rev relevant uh, book series turned television series, um, Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars. Uh, she played Arya on Pretty Little Liars. Who do we think she was being looked at for the Twilight franchise? Alice? I'm second. really bad at this game. No, you're good. Think second one. Second one. Oh, no, not another Leah. Nope. Oh, thank God. Uh, well, uh, uh, it says she was later actually considered for Leah Clearwater and they did have her read with the cast, but she was originally looked at as Jane, which I do okay. think she's got that look. Now I was, I yeah. am in the camp where I am a diehard defender of the, um, uh, Fanning sisters. I think they are both sensational actresses who have done yes. incredible work. Um, uh, I cut, I, uh, runaways was brilliant between, uh, yes, it was. uh, so we've already discussed Ben Barnes, the, uh, dead eyed pretty boy who would play Prince Caspian, um, who was originally looked at for Edward was considered for a new moon role. Who do you think he was considered for in new moon? We're about to get a bunch of the same role, which I think is really interesting. Riley. Oh wait, no, that's Eclipse. No, that's that's New Moon. Yeah. You're right. Uh, no, Aro. One of the werewolves. Yeah. Oh, no, he oh. was looked at for Aro, which ended up going to Michael Sheen. Very different because I'm glad they went with the Volturi. I feel needed to be older actors, especially Aro. Yeah. I think it was really important. Um, and they, they were like look old and creepy. And they just said he was actually too pretty at the end of the day to play Aro. Um, I think the Voltori should have looked more Nosferatu like. I think, I think they should have been a little more otherworldly because, not to share from another canon, they are a little bit more vampire masquerade than the Cullens are. They are hiding, you know, where the Cullens are hiding in plain sight. The Voltori are up to keeping that um, thing. Now, okay, this actress. I 
with a different director and writer, I would have loved to seen her in the role that she was considered for. Lily Collins, uh, who do you think they were looking at her for? Uh, she was Snow White and Mirror Mirror opposite of Julia. Uh, so she was looked at for Bella. And in a lot of pictures, she, you know, Bella is supposed to have that Snow White feature. And Lily yeah. Collins is a phenomenal actress. And I kind of wonder what uh, her Bella would have been like. But uh, that is not to take away from the fact that Kristen Stewart did the best that I think she did um, for what she could have she done. She had to pretend to be straight for five movies. That's it's hard. true. And Robert Pattinson, while perfectly lovely and silly and a great actor i don't actually think he's quite that handsome and so like he's kind of wow. weird looking um now it looks like a foot he does look like a foot um uh now our next one michael uh oh god i'm bad at his last name copan he is from power rangers time force he played the blue ranger in power rangers time force and he was in was he the one with Scorpion the green King. hair no, that's Trip. No, he was the big okay. buff, like a uh, beautiful tan man with dark hair. He's stunning. I think he's very yes. So. Race car driver. Yeah. So he was, oh no, that's Operation Over. Nope. Because mm. yeah, he no. had a driver's license from his own time, but not yes, from Yes, not from time. ours. Yes. So. Only episode I ever saw of that He series. was being considered for a replacement role. They were going to replace someone going into New Moon. Who do you think hmm. he was be looking to be replaced as or going to replace? Hmm. Jacob? Yes. So originally the studio had no desire in actually seeing if Taylor Lautner was going to buff out because they didn't think it was going to be possible and that he didn't want to. And they were looking at replacing him with someone bigger. Um, well, he definitely buffed out. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, he looks good. I like him now that he's a little chubby with it. Like he just hasn't been keeping up. So he's a little chunky with it. I think he's, I think he's I used adorably to have, hot. I used to have shirtless tattooed Jacob on my binder for English class. Yeah, a lot of people did. So I was Sarah, a great actress. <laughs> you are a good actress. Anyone that has worked with you would know that you're a good actress. So from Disney <laughs> Channel fame, Sarah Paxton. I had to look up what she was in, but she was also being considered for uh, Bella at one point. Um, she already uh, took Marnie away from us. Come on. <gasps> oh my God. That's who. Okay. I thought she was not Marnie, but yeah. Okay. Fuck Disney for that forever for that. Um, so before he was Cassian in Rogue One, and before he was the lovable, lovable husband in the trio that is Oscar Isaacs and Pedro Pascal, uh, don't take that away from me. <laughs> Diego Luna was up, actually offered the role, uh, a role for New Moon. He was their first option. He was offered it and he turned it down. Who do you think they offered him in New Moon? Probably one of the other werewolves. So I would think the same thing Sam? too as a Latinx actor. Uh, no, but he was Aro. He was originally their first choice as Aro of the Valtari. Oh. And that makes me go, they had no idea. They had no character. They had done no character work. They had not even, no. the casting director hadn't read the script. They read the character breakdown. That's it. And they went, but what if we didn't follow this? Because um, also Michael Sheen Brown forever. Brown people are not scary. 
Also, all brown people aren't inherently native and shouldn't, uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then, but it was funny. <laughs> so this one's just fun. Michael Welch, who would play Mike, uh, Bella's crush um, in the film, uh, but end up with Jessica, I believe, was considered for almost every like white male role uh he was considered for edward he was considered for jasper he was considered for all of the boy they roles were and ended up they getting... were reaching but that's like the kid who's a really great actor and performer who like they the the theater director knows he's kind of bring up a great performance as a role so he gets the smaller role but like has the opportunity to just kill it uh because he's funny as mike and it's a shame they didn't oh, yeah. use him more like we all know a mike half of us have been a mike um so here's another one um uh and our own one of our only Potter crossovers until I believe we get to Breaking Dawn, we have quite a few Potter crossovers, um, and we also have the wonderful and lovable Rami Malek, who is uh, utter perfection. Love um, Jamie Campbell Bauer, who played a young Grindelwald, um, uh, okay. and and who ended up going on to be one of our Voltari. He ended up being Caius of the three Voltari in New Moon. But what role was he up for originally? This one should be pretty obvious. I'm going to guess Carlisle or Edward. Edward. He's too young for Carlisle. And they were actually looking much oh, older yeah, he than was Peter Facinelli. Um, they were looking actually older than um, Peter Facinelli for Carlisle. Um, but yeah, Edward. He was up about the same time Michael Welch was still up for Edward. And that is our last one. Is there anyone that if we could remake twilight today for the first time or we were they were rebooting twilight as a series like a television uh limited run series is there someone that's now that you would just love to see in one of these roles even like a throwaway fun role honestly i think the casting that they did was perfect for the time that it was i agree however i've got a question for you yes let's play Pick one actor that stays the same in Twilight. The rest are played by Muppets. I hate you so much. Oh, so I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with Anna Kendrick has to stay the same. Um, <laughs> I love that. I went Gonzo as Bella. Uh, <laughs> um, All right. I want... Miss Piggy might fight you on that. Um, okay, but Miss Piggy has to be Victoria. Oh, yeah, you're right. I want Kermit as Edward. I think it'd be very funny. Um, I want Fozzie as Carlisle. I want Skeeter in a wig to play Esme. <laughs> I want yes. a Janice. I want Janice to play Alice because uh, Janice is my favorite. Um, I, could I, see want, that, I want Animal as Emmett. I want... <laughs> yes. uh, uh, I want... Miss Piggy also could play Rosalie and Victoria. She could. She could. Um, <laughs> Rosalie, that'd be fun. Mm, who do we want as... <laughs> the chicken. Rotating Statler and Waldorf as Rosalie. <laughs> yes! Both of them are Rosalie. Both Sattler and Waldorf are Rosalie. Um, 
And then Jasper, maybe Bean Bunny as Jasper, because he's just awkward and grumbly. Um, Yeah, so then you got Anna Kendrick, uh, but she gets like a musical number. She gets more screen time. Um, Yeah, so Miss Piggy as Victoria. Um, Rolf as Laurent and... um, the count from Sesame street, because he's technically a Muppet as James. <laughs> no slash. No, no, no. The, the count has to be RO of, of, of the Voltari. I don't know. This yes. one's a crazy one. Cause this, this cast is so big. Um, Where's Sam Eagle. Oh, Charlie is Sam Eagle. Come on. Sam Eagle is Charlie. Yes. Oh God. Oh, we have Jacob. We need Jacob. Oh no, Rolf needs to play Jacob. Rolf needs to play Jacob. I want Dr. Teeth to play yes. Laurent. I think I want Dr. Teeth to play <laughs> Laurent. Um, I want um, Lou, who's the blue guy with the uh, 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 saxophone out of the Electric Mayhem to play Mike. Um, okay. Uh, I want... Um, Oh God, I think that's where I have to stop. This is weird, but I will, God, I fucking love the Muppets, but yeah, I would maybe either that or make, either you. make Gonzo Edward and make um, Camilla Bella. And the whole thing is just bark, 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 bark. I think would also be genius, just absolutely genius, I think. But yes. for me, so this is the thing I have. So I'm going to pause at this before we wrap up. The thing I have a problem with, with the keep one person human, make everyone else Muppets. The thing about the Muppet movies, the three original Muppet movies that were so successful was that you had a string of humans in the movie with them and it was just an acknowledgement that well because even in muppets treasure island and muppets christmas carol we had several human actors in it um but like like tim curry but also like muppets take manhattan is one of my favorite films and the five human characters who are lead characters in it are smaller roles but like they're kind of pivotal and like it's the cameos that make it like Joe Rivers working on the makeup counter with Piggy is just genius and getting, (laughs) getting fired as a sports girl. Like those are those things, but, um, yeah. So Rachel, thank you for coming on the show for me today. Um, I want to, I want to call out some of your really funny Disney TikToks you've been doing recently that are absolutely, (laughs) you're really upping your content game. And I think you in ways where my humor is very quick and it gets less funny uh, as I keep retelling something, you have a gem and you work it until you're ready to throw it out there. And it ends up being very well thought and you're very funny. Um, So when you're looking, when you're making Disney TikToks, what do you look for? Like, what are you, cause you've made a couple good ones every time you all go to the parks recently. And like one of my favorites is um, your combination of, tell me you're a Disney Republican without telling me you're a Disney Republican and your challenge (laughs) video that you did with that. I think it's really wonderful. So what do you look for when you are looking around the park and you're looking for what grabs your eye first when you see something you're like, Oh fuck, I got to make that a TikTok." A lot of the time it just sort of happens when I'm there. I'm not usually just out looking for something funny. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I usually just end up kind of tripping and falling face first onto it like that hat. Mm-hmm. We were cutting through the gift shop to go to the Skyway. And then we ended up meeting Jojo Siwa at one of the resorts, which another story for another time. But we were looking at all the merchandise mm-hmm. and I just saw that hat and I was like, oh, boy, Fourth of July is coming. You're going to have big Bubba Jeff and his sleeveless American flag shirt wearing that with the mustache mask around the chin screaming at a cast member and blue lives matter somewhere on him somewhere oh yeah (laughs) and maybe a confederate flag tattoo probably probably yeah well i think a little conflicting but um so (laughs) i think everyone we need to give you a TikTok boost we need to your views are doing very well for someone who is just kind of existing in the algorithm so like you're doing quite well where can people find you on tiktok my username is bod squad one two three that's b-o-d-s-q-u-a-d one two three on tiktok i love that i absolutely love that everyone needs to go follow you there um and Thank you for being my good friend. And thank you for coming to the show with me. Um, I think I'm going to make you do all five of these movies with me now. I think, I think. Only if the wife can join too, because you know, she's an even bigger Twilight fan than I am. I, we will have to have, yeah, Rachel and her wife, Stephanie, just got married. COVID be damned. Uh, We had a lovely time. Uh, We, you know, we're all here at Walt Disney World. So it's not like we traveled uh, and shame on anyone who did, but like, who am I to tell you? Uh, You're keeping us all employed i guess um yeah and we had quite a lovely day i'm so happy you're both married now i love you both deeply but yes we will have to have stefan for the rest of the episodes i am so excited rachel thank you for being on the show with me today thank you for having me matt hey nerf herders you sure you want to go with that hey everyone there we go more inviting have you ever had a movie that you really wanted to love but something holds you back or one that you did love in spite of a flaw? Well, I'm Casey. And I'm Sam Alisea. And on another pass, we sit down with cool guests to look at movies that we find fascinating. But flawed. And we try to imagine what could have been done when they were made to give them that little push. We're not experts. We just believe in criticism. Uh, constructive criticism. Sure. So come take another pass at some movies with us. And every now and then, we can celebrate movies that did it on their own, too. You can find us at certainpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pass it on. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Saturday Morning Confidential. It's so good to be back, and I'm so excited that I could share this episode with you all. Now, for a very special treat, like I mentioned in the episode, we will be doing our first Serial Killer Radio Hour not as an interview, but as a reader's theater where I read some of my favorite Twilight fan fiction with some of your favorite hosts from Certain POV and the rest of the podcast sphere. Check that out next Friday on our feed. It will auto download if you are subscribed. And if you're not subscribed, what's wrong with you? 
auto subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts rate review us because that's how more people will find us why we do what we do thank you all again for listening check out our patreon where for two dollars a month you could subscribe and let us know that you like what we're doing find us across all social media at smc pod or saturday morning confidential and join us on discord where you can have conversations with other dreamers just like you now you'll join us next time for readers theater and after that we are going back to 1987 and beyond earth when we visit cybertron to discuss transformers the movie with tim lowe from the minds at york podcast now join us next time for another deep dive into the files of saturday morning confidential cpov certain pov.com